Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We didn't do the second episode like we had hoped because it was Christmas. But Happy yes. New Year, everyone. We're finally uh, off of 2023. It ended pretty hectically for me, but I'm glad that uh, we made it through. Went back to work this week. Yeah. Because um, we took off from the 22nd through the the second so um yeah it was a nice long break um but it's nice to finally be doing this again hopefully uh we'll see what 2024 has in store for us maybe we'll do more maybe we'll do less i don't know i feel like we started (laughs) off pretty decent we're almost at one year of doing this because we started in march last year that's crazy toward the end of march last year so yeah of course the first five days of of january have been absolutely nuts yeah so yeah we didn't get started how we had wanted we were trying to do it yesterday but yeah today's friday january 5th 2024 in the year of our lord um but we're glad you're back hopefully we get some traction this year maybe grow some do some interesting topics um always send our send stuff over to our gmail account it's pretty empty so (laughs) it's two dads at night at gmail.com it's the number two dads at n-i-t-e at gmail.com. You can send us stuff so we can maybe talk about it, look it up. Yeah. Or you can criticize us. And like I said, we have a really good uh, empty folder. We can just keep deleting. So, but anyways, Jake, before we begin, we always check in. How's it been? It's been. Um, this, yeah, this week has just been getting back into the grind. I'm, I, I worked in between uh, Christmas and New Year's, so yeah, it wasn't too terribly bad for me, but... I've been stuck with this stupid cough. What days cough. did you work? The 26th through the tw- 26th through the 28th because of the 29th off. Okay. Weird. Uh, so like three full days of work? Basically. Weird. Um, and really it's just been this stupid cough that I have. Um, other than that, it's just been yeah same old stuff, getting back to work, the whole, you know, meetings and everything like that. That was... Yep. Yep. Always fun. It's the girls did not want to go to school. Right, yeah. Oh gosh, they hated it. Really? Titus was excited. He's down to see friends, but it's definitely a lot different. Daycare is a lot different than normal school. Yeah. So Yeah. No real work. I mean they learn a lot, but there's no like expectation. You just go there to have fun. Yeah, exactly. So well that stinks. Uh yeah, I mean it was a really good uh holiday. Um Christmas was great. Got some awesome things uh for Truck and motorcycle, gave out some great gifts. Everybody was happy, traveled to see uh, friends and family. Um, I went to the Cotton Bowl at at t Stadium. Yeah, my friend Taryn, shout out Taryn. Um, he gave me a ticket uh, for free. So that was pretty neat, just to go down there. Um, whatever day that was, it was on a Friday. So last Friday, I think, a week ago. Yeah, so that was neat. Um, other than that, yeah, I got some really cool stuff for my truck I've been putting on. Nice. Got to do my brakes and rotors. Hopefully tomorrow. I need to borrow your jack. Don't okay. let me forget. Sure. Um, so do that and got some really cool lights for my um, bike, my motorcycle. Yeah. I so saw that. and the relay came in today. Um, so now they can work. Nice. Since it's all it's an original part for uh, my motorcycle, but in order to use going from halogen bulbs, which or your normal, they look like what you put in the ceiling fans and stuff like that. Yeah. To LED, they have to use a different relay. So, fun fact. Um, got that, so hopefully tomorrow I'll do that too, knock everything out. Um, but yeah, it's not been super busy at work. It's kind of low. We got our office redone, and when we got back Wednesday morning, we just um, just basically unboxed our computers, set everything back up. Smells like... Uh, Paint. Yeah, basically like paint because the floors were, all the carpet was ripped up and they polished the concrete and then sealed it. So whatever Mm. that uh, epoxy is or whatever, yeah. So uh, yeah, everything looks good. Um, Really excited for that. And then going to be a busy weekend, Um, you know, working on the truck and a birthday too on Sunday at noon. Who? Uh, Some kid from Titus's school. Uh, But yeah, it's like. We're right back into being busy, which is yep. nice. And but uh, other than that, it's been <clears throat> it's been pretty good. Uh, I really I had a I had a great break, so awesome. It was nice to have that. Um, but yeah, so uh, 2024. I'm glad 2023 is over. Yes. Didn't really care for how it ended. We had a lot of different things go on. Yeah. So to put that one behind us and look ahead, 
Um, I think this year is a leap year. It is right? a leap year. Yeah. 29 days in February for all you kids who are born on the 29th. You're one or two years four old. Year, yeah, yeah, exactly. Two, four years old, five years old now. If you're five years old, I guess you'd be, what, five times four, 25. So um, my older brother had a friend that was born on the 29th. And I remember whenever we were back home on his 16th birthday, they're like, you're four. But uh, that was kind of neat. Um, but anyway, so it's going to be a great year, I anticipate. So I certainly hope so. It has to be, Jake. We will do better. We will be better. Oh, we will grow. We'll be fine. I'm just yeah. talking about globally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a good segue to where we're going. So if you don't know, there is a movie out called Leave the World Behind yeah. um, starring Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. The kids I don't know who Kevin they are. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's in there. Um, and the, the other father, I cannot yeah. remember his name. He's very he's 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 in a lot seen, of different movie, movies and sh- uh, TV shows. Um, I think we should hold off on the producer reveal until the end. Yeah, or towards the end. Yeah, because maybe some people might be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna, I, you know, I'm not gonna watch it because uh, of who produced it." Um, I mean, if you're listening now, you're probably you can Google it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but That's I mean, cool. I did. I mean, I'm not a fan of them either, but I still watch the movie. Um, because Jake and I, Jake had mentioned it to me and I totally forgot about it. Um, but it was more just like, just good information. Like, I don't know. I, I like, you can't, it's not out of the realm of impossibility. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So the other guy who we were thinking of, yeah, you, you say his name. Yeah. Marashallah Ali. Yeah. He's in, he's in different shows. <laughs> uh, look him up. He was in Green Book, Blade. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's True right. He's Detective, the new Blade. The Hunger Games, Swan Song, different stuff. Um, anyways, so, yeah, it's a good movie. It's set in, you know, current times. In New York, right? Upstate? Yeah, see, yeah, the, yep, uh-huh, yeah. So, um, fun fact, if you didn't know, outside of New York, across the bridges, there is there are woods. It's not just yeah. a concrete city. There are woods. Yeah. So, um I guess just to talk more about how it being in, excuse me, current times, it is literally set around now, um, in cyber attack. So. Yeah. And it just comes out of nowhere too. If I yeah, remember right. I don't want to spoil. Well, we're going to spoil the movie a lot. Yeah, I'm not going to give away alerts. every single detail. And like, Oh, they open the door and they walk in. So none of that stuff. Cause, um, I, I'd say at least watch it just to, I don't know, just to see get it. Get some background information on what could be yeah. a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's more or less based on just a really big global cyber attack from potential countries against the U.S. And it's just like the reaction of the people involved. So I, you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to. Thanks, Netflix, for not letting people share. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. But if I remember right, this family, RB or Airbnb's a house. They show up, they're there for about a day, and then that night, the owners of the house come in and are like, hey, we tried to get in the city, we can't, we're bunking here. Yeah, yeah, so they, they yeah, they rented the house from... Um, Masharla Ali's character. Yeah, so they wanted to get out of the city, you know, everything's so busy, and they're like, let's just, just get away for the weekend. So they go, and they're there with their, it's a husband, wife, and their two kids, and then, yep, the owner shows up later on in the day, he's like, hi, sorry, uh weird thing a blackout's happening in the city so we decided to come out here you know it's his uh, it's his other home yeah uh, he does very well a wealthy man so he's a uh, financial advisor right yeah which you kind of find you don't really learn that until kind of like to, toward the middle because he just doesn't want to freak anybody out from things that he had seen um but yeah they go there um, and they ask to share the root the house if you know if they wouldn't mind and at first there's a huge amount of hesitation and end up doing it anyways because they just realized it was too late at night and the situation could be um, a little more dangerous than they are thinking, but you know we'll just see what happens in the morning. So, um, I guess so. Knowing that part, what what would you think? Like, what what's a what's an immediate reaction whenever you think of like potential cyber attack? Because I mean, we could just talk about the movie, but I think that would be boring. But yeah, I think that we know that a cyber attack on the like the U.S., like what would your initial reaction be? When it, it's interesting too, because it would depend on the cyber attack, right? So with this one in the movie, 
from what I can see, it mainly affects communication. Right. There's Power three is still phases. there. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, the first one is communication. They shut off their phones or access to TV and internet. Yeah. Um, the phone, like things still work. Like the power still works where they're at. However, in the city, it is it not doesn't. the case. And see, I think that's a huge part. Yeah. Because if, if you have a cyber attack that takes out the power to Louisville or Dallas, but leaves power for us, yeah. then I'm going to respond differently than if power like across we downtown, the board. Downtown Dallas, yeah. Or, yeah, if, if we're eating lunch in, in Fort Worth right, or eating right. dinner, yeah. and then boom, you know, the entire city goes dark. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of people saying, oh, well, maybe it's just a power outage. And they check their phone and their phone won't come on. Yeah. And they try to, you know, go to their car and their car won't work. Right. So, I guess like, it's, yeah, that's where we should speak about. Let's, okay, so I know the phases. So I will introduce the phases. So the first phase is to isolate you. Right. So knowing that. So basically, think for yourselves, like cutting off communication, like your phone works. However, you can't connect to the internet. You can't make calls, send text. It's a paperweight. GPS doesn't, doesn't work either. Um, your TV is not working. The mm-hmm. radio is cut out. Not even like satellite phones are working. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, you can't hop on your computer and pull up the internet. No nope. broadband connection, none of that stuff. No bunny ears on the TV, none of that. So that's the first phase is isolation. I think that's the more interesting part because it's like oh, yeah. very simple, but... those The three process, uh, the processes, like whatever it's called, um, the three steps, they're all genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, later on in this podcast, it'll become more unnerving as to why they chose these three. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a totally, <clears throat> I don't want to say foolproof because there's always going to be contingencies that may reboot re, or rebuke the, uh, the act of doing it. But it's a very strong way to destabilize the country is to yeah. isolate the citizens from everyone communication would be horrible yeah for, for yeah exactly i mean just think you know last week or the last uh the last podcast we did at the end of it i was telling you you know if something bad were to go on i'll let you know and these are the things we want to do yeah and with this like, the only way i would be able to let you know is running across the street well, and knocking on your door that'd be really but even then if walkie talkie still uses a radio wave and if radios are out, then nine times out of ten, the walkie-talkie is going to be out. Yeah. I bet you could get some, though, that would work. Well, and see, that's one of the... But within range, too, though. You can't just communicate right, exactly. across the town. You'd have to be within when one of my issues several with, hundred feet of each other. With this movie, anyway, is that throughout the movie, they still get messages. Like the emergency broadcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's an emergency broadcast that comes on the screen. And yep. then at the end, there's that uh, message from D.C., Yes, after they get to a, a certain area. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, you're still, there are people who are prepared to the point where they could still have communication. Yeah. It's just the mass public. And I think that actually adds another layer to it because if I, as a prepper, have set up a communication relay in my house, one, I'm I'm stuck in my house because yeah. I can't pick up that stuff and move. Yeah. It's a, exactly. Uh, two, I need a way to power that if the power does eventually go out. So I need generators or, you know, um, some solar type of panels. mechanical electricity to get it going. But yeah. And then, you know, as a caveat to that, if I have power, no, none of my neighbors have power. They see lights on in my house. I'm instantly a target. Yeah. If they somehow figure out that I have a communication relay in my house, I'm instantly a target. Like, it, yeah. there's so many things that it's almost. And I hate to say this, but it's almost easier for somebody who wants to just survive to not have any of those power, you know, anything that ties us to technology. Right. Yeah. It more, if you want to survive, learn the aspects of survival in the wilderness. So like, uh, you know, traps, how to start a fire in the rain, you know, all building things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't take the skills of. Uh, communications with technology, you know, all these things as this is what's going to bring me through because ultimately it will make you a target because somebody wants to use that radio to call their mom. And when you say them, tell them, no, they get really protective. Yeah. Whereas if you're just sitting there with a fire, 
I mean, they're not going to be like, I want to take that fire to my mom. Right. Okay. Make your own. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's, you just, it's a chess game. You gotta, Mm -hmm. you gotta realize who, and you have to also kind of read your area. Where understand who's panicking, who's like more calm, who's not talking. I mean, it's well, even now, I mean, like huge dynamic, you gotta, um, like with, uh, Alex's parents, they're in the center of Louisville. Yeah, and if things were to go down in Dallas, Louisville and the air, the surrounding suburbs of Dallas are going to be the first areas hit of all the people c- trying to leave, yeah, to flee. Um, and so you have all these people who are going to start doing violence, uh, you know, robberies, things like that in Louisville first, and then in Flower Mound. But then you also have the people within Louisville who realize uh, before even anybody gets there, if they're smart, you know what kind of candy land just opened up because yeah. police are too busy doing dealing with Dallas. Cause all of our squad or, you know, Louisville's PD will probably be sent to help out with Dallas. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that leaves Louisville wide open for anybody to start doing, you know, a, a uh, 2020 riot situation again. Yeah. So, I mean, you just gotta currently as we sit, you know, with power, with communication, all this stuff, we need to start looking at the area that we, surround ourselves in and say, okay, these are the weak points. If something were to go bad, this is where it goes bad first. This is how it changes the good areas. And this is how it corrupts the good areas eventually into the bad. And that's when we need to leave. Yeah. You know, at what point is our red line crossed that we need to get out? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting concept. Right. Yeah. And the first phase of like isolation. So cutting off all the communication, I think there's something, you know, obviously not to freak everybody out. <clears throat> it's not that we're saying, you know, oh, it's happening. No, this is this is all under the assumption that the movie, this is us trying to played out how it was shown. Exactly. However, it would be unwise to not realize that possibility is very easy. Um, if you spend any amount of time in tech or just you know, just being interested in learning about shutting off things. Uh, you can see pretty quickly how you can take over and manipulate different systems pretty easily. And, you know, you spend enough money and time, you can learn quite a bit of things. Um, so I think, you know, the first part of being isolated would be really hard just because, you know, everybody's wanting to get the same answer, but it's not going to be available. So I think what, what was good in the movie about that was like, they just continue to remain as calm as possible. Mm-hmm. You don't show any type of fear and none of that stuff. Um, but I, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was going to say, but for like us, you know, we would be in a different situation obviously cause we are in a, in a city, but still it'd be one of those things where like, we just walk over and talk a little bit and then just walk away. Like nothing's really going on. Just... When see to me, they're, their actions that they do throughout the movie, um, it's based on their obliviousness. Mm-hmm. It's not based off of their uh, tactically thinking. Yeah, their oh, I need to be. Yeah, exactly. So, especially Ethan Hawke's character. Yeah, he's a total dweeb. Yeah, like he ha- can't do anything for himself. Basically, like right. the dude got lost driving his car like for two miles. Like, and he'd already been there. Yeah, so like he was panicked. And to me, it's just they're they were beneficial in the fact that they acted how somebody should act in that situation, calm, you know. Yeah. But it's because they weren't they didn't understand the gravity of the situation. Like if if I remember right, there's a scene in the movie where the daughter, because uh, Julie Roberts was like, "Well, it's just a cyber attack." I mean, it, yeah, it'll it'll come back on eventually. And the daughter was like. Uh, the daughter oh, they, of yeah, Mashala Ali. The, yeah, they had said, George. oh, they think it's just hackers. And yeah. Like, mm, no, not that simple. It's really not. And that's the that's the problem that I see I mean, see think anyway. about it. So here, if you want, like, a really good example, go into, like, any courthouse, any school, uh, any hospital. Like, there's a reason why your phones don't connect as well. It's right. on purpose. So they can communicate through their channels. There's uh, Yeah. That's – you just walk in and you can't There's a reason why when the power goes out, a school doesn't. Yeah. Or right. a hospital. Does, you, Everything's you know. fed there. So it's like, yeah. it's important to just be aware of things that you should be aware of. <laughs> right. When we're benef- we have the benefit of being we're in on between the a school of- and we're in between a hospital, literally within less than two miles of each other. Yeah. Not even a mile, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this, even during 21, when we had the horrible freeze, um, over here we never lost power for more than like four hours. Like it just rolled. But like we had family members that had power for like four days. Right. So like we luckily had it every four hours. They come on for like 10, 15 minutes so you could knock something out real quick and then just wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily we have a wood burning yeah uh chimney but anyways so when i think the the thing that the movie highlights as well is that the majority of the population will act like that family does <clears throat> yeah um it takes somebody who has in george's case who the mashallah ali's character george it takes his um just knowledge knowledge and yeah exactly his connections to make him realize that it's more than meets the eye. Right. You know, yeah. of what's going on. But, <clears throat> but the majority of the population will act like that family. And I think if the movie were allowed to go further um, to show them without food, like truly without food. Yeah. Because um, it show, cuts off before it really shows that part. Right. And I mean, like it, it ends. It gets bad and the the this is only within like a weekend keep in mind right this is you know three two days, days. It, yeah four days max exactly and there's so many studies out there that say um if there's a prolonged uh, power outage then the majority of the, something like 90 percent of the population would be dead within the first three months and yeah. it's just it's insane the the numbers that we talk that that are talked about but it's partially because of families like that that they don't really think the, that it's just hackers. They'll they'll be appeased and then they'll, you know, once the hackers get the money that they want for ransomware, then they're just going to turn the power back yeah. on. And No, it's not that simple. Yeah. And that's where you have to, like, turn away from listening to, like, stuff you're going to be seeing online. It's like you just got to – there's no good way to say, uh, say it other than, like, just continue to research and learn about different things because who knows what's going to happen. Um, and the, that's the thing. You could die with a plethora of knowledge on how to survive – several different kinds of apocalypse scenarios or whatever yeah. without any of them happening. Yeah. But it's the same as, as the argument for, uh, you know, atheism versus theism. Mm-hmm. If you die an atheist, then nothing happens. But if heaven exists, then kind of stinks for you because you just died without getting into the kingdom of heaven. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. It's yeah. just it's it's a tough it's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. That's why it's not really talked about. Yeah, at, at least in my opinion. Right, but yeah. So the first phase is cutting off your communication. I don't know what it would look like for you guys, but for us, you know, we'd obviously do our best to be prepared. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was just a good a good sign or a, a pretty decent movie, honestly. So that was really neat. But. Let's move on to phase two. Do it. So phase one, obviously, cutting off everything. You're not going to be able to use anything to communicate. Phase two, um, man, I just had a, like a brain lapse. I cannot remember. Oh, it's misinformation. So after, you know, you're getting no communication, you'll start getting random. And, and even in the movie, um, these pamphlets were falling off yep. of, out of a drone. And um, some of them looked like they were like in... Um, Arabic. Arabic. So they were saying like death to America. And Kevin Bacon's character was like, that's interesting because my, you know, connection in California. It says was, it's Chinese. Yeah. His were in Korean or Chinese were a different pamphlet, which was like, yep. so phase one obviously is to cut off communication. Phase two is to confuse you with information. Uh, you know, so you think it's multiple, like you can't figure out which country or countries or person or persons are coming after you yep. or coming after your country or town or whatever. Um, which I think it, it's, br- it's so simple, but so brilliant because I mean, you see it anytime now, um, on the news. I mean, you can't, it's almost I mean, like you they can't did... turn on either any station news wise, local or, um, national, national. I mean, they're, they're all going to be contradicting uh, yep. of each other, especially if they're like, <laughs> they're all, uh, politically, uh, driven, so um, you're gonna get two sides to every story. So that's a perfect thing. It's, oh yeah. I mean, look what it look what it's done now. So far since, um, excuse me, basically since the early 2000s with the different presidents we've had, like you got both parties absolutely hating each other, which they do their best to say they don't, but right, uh, it's right. incredibly obvious that they do. 
because uh, they can't even stand to look at each other, let alone like make laws together. Um, when it's is, it's interesting. such a smart thing to do. Yeah, and it's almost like we're living in this movie, except it's the steps are just a little out bit of place. more drawn out. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit out of place, a little more drawn out. Yeah, um, things have obviously heightened since COVID, um, and you can't really say oh just because of Biden. It's, no, it's, it's decades. It's, yeah, it's a compounding effect of just years and years, decades yeah. of misinformation and just like seeking only power. But yeah. So speaking more to the second phase, so misinformation, which is brilliant. Oh yeah. Um, when in in the movie, something that I've for whatever reason, I mean, I love planes, <laughs> and throughout the entire movie, planes just keep falling from the sky. Yeah. And part of me is like, why is this going on? Because yeah. a cyber attack wouldn't necessarily knock out the pilot's ability to land, because it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't mess with the airframe unless itself. They're able to, unless they're able to like control autopilot. When okay, that's that would make sense because they control the Teslas. Yeah, I mean so, planes. If you didn't know, for the most except part, autopilot's you... not a a uh, autopilot isn't linked to. Like it's yes, it's linked to GPS, but a pilot would still be able to disengage because it's a fi- it's a physical switch. Right. Yeah. But then you'd have to have pilots that are trained on using mechanical instruments. Hopefully, they all. Which are. most of them, yeah. Yeah. And and that's what it's good is like we just need a prop plane. And well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When uh, part of me thinks, and this is all speculation for, about the movie in particular, is that they are they're launch or they um they use like EMPs. Mm-hmm. On the sides of the on the oceans, because it seems that they're only crashing over the ocean. Right, exactly. They're not. They're not. Um, it's not mainland crashes. Exactly. Yeah, it's before they get to an area. And so, crossing uh, overseas, obviously, but yeah, right. Um, and that's what it kind of confused me as to why these planes were falling out of the sky and why radio transmissions weren't working, why any of that, and yet a drone can fly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and again, that goes into the misinformation aspect. If you overthink these things, because you're going to have characters like Kevin Bacon's character who is, you know, doesn't trust anybody, doesn't trust the government, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. He's going to see a plane crash and then immediately look in the sky and see a drone and think, boom, U.S. government's doing this because they're the only ones who are capable of operating that kind of drone. Right. Yeah, true. So, I mean, it just adds to the whole misinformation of even just the delivery of these pamphlets. Yeah. And it's it's nuts. Yeah. It, it was, that was an interesting part. Um, I think the movie's like two and a half hours long. So yeah. It does a really good job. I think it broke it up into like six different sections, but like five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. But yeah, the main one was just the, uh, the three phases. So first, obviously communication, uh, is wiped out. Second is misinformation. Yep. Um, so isolating you initially, and then the third is just wait. <laughs> yeah, the third phase, which if and the, I'm, I can't remember who came up with this theory of how this works. So this is a true acting theory. Um, but anyways, so the phase phase one again is uh, isolation. Phase two, misinformation, and phase three is civil war. Yep. So once you're confused, don't know what's going on can't communicate to anybody then you're getting all different types of information you're arguing with your neighbors whatever the next the third phase is intended to just work itself out like they don't yeah, do they, any they don't push any button that exactly. is the first two are enough to get you to start um you know seeking other people's possessions and, and resources something that i've found is kind of crazy um is it's almost like we've seen this play out you see on in third micro world, scales on third world countries. Well, yeah, definitely. But I mean, even here, because during the riots of 2020 and things like that, yeah, you didn't have communication for a lot of these people because the either the cell tower were um, embedded, not embedded, but they were bombarded with calls. Yeah, especially that first night yeah. when things got overloaded. really bad. Yeah, it was overloaded, so you couldn't communicate. All the news were reporting one thing, and then something else would happen, and it would just contradict each other. Right, and then. By the end of that night, there were you know huge massive fights between sections of the of the population. Yeah. The the thing with this movie is that it it's considered to be a countrywide scale. Right. And right, that's what's right. T- terrifying. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, it's true. You don't need to do anything. There's no point in wasting ammunition if you can just isolate and uh, misinform. Then you, uh, Russia doesn't need to send over Yeah, the people transports. will take care of themselves. Literally. Um, which I think is like, again, we're not saying this is going to happen. It's just good to know that the possibility of that is like, just be aware mainly. Yeah. Uh, not to be ignorant toward it. Um, but yeah, at the end of it, uh, I know, we, I mean, we jumped around a lot, but... At the end of it, I mean, you kind of see some resolution to um, an underlying theme that they needed to get help, obviously, because like, they were running out of probably resources where they were. Um, but I think this may, mainly makes me feel like, man, like the possibility is definitely there, Care, especially with the climate we're in. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's just been growing. I mean, if you don't... I mean, I know a lot of people like to try their best to ignore what's going on around them, but like you can see it in like every sector of industry. It's it's happening everywhere as far as like um, you know price increase, inflation, yeah, interest rates. Those are the common themes. But then you also see it just in warring nations, which we see two different fronts where we got Russia and Ukraine, and freaking um, what the heck, Israel Palestine, and Hamas, uh, yeah. Israel and Hezbollah. And then last night we had the... Korea. North Korea sending artillery shells to South Korea. When the, And uh, then you had the border. Yeah, our border here, just the influx of uh, illegal immigrants that we have no idea how many are coming in. Or it's just estimates. Yep. Um, and then that's not even to say what's probably going on in other countries. Like, there, there, I mean, there's immigration going on problems in Canada. I know that. Uh, some in Europe. Um yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think Australia is pretty locked down, honestly. Like, they don't, they just don't let people in. It's really hard to get there. Yeah. Uh, plus, it's super far away. That helps, too. It does. The America's ocean being re- an island. America's readily available. Um, yeah. And we just don't stop anything. So, um, I what? think after watching that, that makes me just realize more like what that, what some of this is meaning for us here in America. Like, I mean, we do have a problem with immigration and, you know the yeah. borders and all that. I mean, there could it could be done a much better way. Um, I I just feel like it's extremely unsafe. I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, we have no idea. I mean, I've watched videos of just truckloads and truckloads and buses and buses of just blowing through border uh, uh, checkpoints. checkpoints. Like they can't stop them. Like, what, are you going to stop like fifty to sixty massive cargo bu- or uh, uh, charter buses? Right. No. No, no matter how many bullets you have, I mean, or how many police vehicles you have to stop them, it's like, dude, you're not stopping big All old rigs them. like that. Yep. Um, well, and something I've noticed about this movie too, and uh, more so about the, um, both the reaction to it and the cast members' reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I watched a few interviews and things like that. Of uh, yeah, you saw that side. I saw just the movie part. So yeah, that I'm interested about that. Well, it something that I've noticed is that the movie itself seems to be obviously it's social commentary because it's just the nature of it, it's based on a book. The book itself is, um, it is like the movie. However, it is not from what I've heard. The people involved took it a, a different turn, uh, yeah. and made it into a movie far that was much more grounded in reality that, that they believe you could actually turn on the news tomorrow and see, Oh, well, cell phones are down, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, something I kind of took out of it was that it was more of like a, I remember a course in college and Professor Hoy, uh, you won't ever hear this, but I'm calling or I'm giving you a shout out. Uh, <laughs> he uh, did a, a course on uh, political thought and one of them was uh, actually several uh, was Hobbesian and Lockean. Mm-hmm. And the difference between the two, uh, essentially, Hobbesian believes that if in nature, without government, it's anarchy. It's man versus man purge. always. The purge, literally, like it would be the purge, twenty four seven. Isn't Ethan Hawke in the first purge? Yeah, yeah. Um, when and that's what's funny about the Friends obsession of the little girl. Like what? Yeah. What happened when she watched the episode that our mom was in? Because Julia oh. Roberts is in Friends. Um. 
But anyway, so great point. Yeah, so Hobbes is essentially st- uh, stating, and they were contemporaries of each other. They they would communicate. Yeah, um, he essentially states that uh, that it, without the absence of absence of government, it would just be pure violence, and that's why government must exist and it must put provide the the law and everything and and uphold that law at any cost. So he's much more totalitarian than yeah than uh, Lockean or Locke. Um, who believes that even with the absence of government or yeah, of government, um, that essentially nature itself will be the governing body, that there will be an equilibrium. People will come together as under a, a mutual agreement that murder is bad, rape is bad, right. all, all these things are bad. Therefore, we need to act in a society where all those are bad and we'll just agree that those things are bad. If it happens, then we'll deal with it once it happens yeah but it won't turn into kind of the authoritarian aspect of hobbesian that you know where it's just oh we need to prevent this from happening therefore nobody can do anything Mm. and that's kind of what i got from the interviews is the interview uh the cast members were like uh, because a lot of them were asked oh do you think you made it do you think you uh what do you think happened after the movie ended and some were like oh we we didn't make it we you know, went down with the ship and those were the pessimists. And then there's the others that were like, no, we made it. We found the bunker, you know, right. Yeah. We, we found all the, the which they kind of, I mean, they alluded, they alluded to, to it. For it sure. Yeah. The little girl was there and then they're obviously looking for her, but yeah. Right. And, um, Julie Roberts seemed to be more on the, on that side of the fence more because she was already on the mm-hmm. looking for. Yeah. And then the, uh, the two gentlemen were alerted to the existence at least of the, the bunker. Yep. And when they show up to the house, presumably they'll go to the bunker. Right. They'll notice that no one's at the house waiting for them. Right. Um, but it's interesting that it's just, it's those two di- the um, kind of diametrically opposed viewpoints. Because really, you don't see hardly any violence in the movie. There's no... No, not really. There's not even communications because communication's down. Right. And it's just interesting that... See the potential of violence, but nothing actually comes of it. Right, exactly. I mean, there's there's guns pointed at each other, but then they just you know lower the guns, and the guys like, well, okay, here's some medicine. Yeah. Um. So I mean, for a thousand bucks. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, but and even still, I was like, what what's a thousand bucks going to do it's in a society? That, yeah, it's they can't even use cash. It's a fire starter. Yeah. Um, but it, essentially, it's just like so you could definitely tell where the uh, director. His his view on it is is that he obviously a, a, a you know believes in Locke that under nature people will just come together mutually and, yeah. and want to progress as life goes on, um, which is you know per, personally how I feel because it's more not necessarily anarchy it's just more absence of a federal power yeah, yeah of, of yeah. a of an upper you know society saying you can't do this because we know better right. Uh, which again plays into the movie. Yep. Because you have the aspect of George's friend, who works in defense do we, contracting. Do we want to get into that? Yeah. So he. Okay. Yeah. So the guy who we were saying they rented the house from very well off. He is a basically a financial advisor, and he reads markets, understands <laughs> trends, basically seeks out deficiencies and clues throughout markets. Yeah. Um, and he helps, you know, very wealthy people all the way up to like extremely powerful extremely powerful and wealthy individuals yeah so one of the guys he has they never mentioned his name but however he uh you know they had made a joke sitting together that um you know he was going to get with his group of friends you know i got to meet with him so basically we can decide the outcome of the world the rich guy yeah yeah more or less saying um and then he finally reveals that to julia roberts character later he's like yeah i had a friend you know i met him blah 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 and uh, they're laughing about it. And then at the end, he like grabs her arm whenever she tries to get up to get another drink. He's like, yeah, and the last time we spoke, you know, a long dialogue. But basically at the end, he's like, good luck. Because right. he's like, he, he made him move his money for him and he got on a plane and went somewhere. Yep. Literally. And that's, that is the Hobbesian nature of. Yeah. Because th- that's somebody who's. It's, this upper echelon of individuals that completely control and run what is going on. Right. And what's interesting about that whole uh, plot is, one, it's even spoken yeah. due to the nature of who's involved yeah. with this project. And two, it's almost like they were, they treated it as a joke, but then kind of like a the punchline 
wasn't actually a punchline. It was, no, this exists. Um, because as, as you said, he, he was talking with his friend and the friend was like, Oh, you know, we're going to go decide the world with my evil buddies. And they, they both laughed. And then after the conversation kind of died with Julie Roberts, yeah. grabbed the arm and said, Hey, no, you know, he called me again and said, uh, move my money. And then I, and then George was like, Oh, do you need to go? Uh, you know, are you going on one of those, uh, one of those endeavors with your evil buddies. I thought that only happens on the winter solstice. And he, yeah. and George made an, uh, a point to say, I laughed. He didn't. And then he and said, he good luck. Laughs, and he, he always laughed. And it's just like, uh, to me, it's, it's almost not an admission of guilt, but it's definitely an admission that in this society, in the, this world that in the movie that exists, Yeah, that there, there is a, a, at least wealthy individuals who know when things are going to happen and just have that one ex- extra step of just knowledge. Um, right. And I did, I actually watched uh, something kind of interesting and it, it plays into one of the other lines that George says is that um, one of the, the lines that people bring up with this movie is uh, the thing is, is that there's no evil cabal. There's no, uh, you know, government or anything like that. It's just no one's there controlling the world. It's just, it's there. Yeah. There's no, it's a rudderless ship. You know, you, we're all on a ride. But then he immediately turns and says, oh, but I have this friend who wasn't, in, at least jokingly stating he was in an evil cabal. Right. And then was very serious that he has friends and connections that he yeah. needs to go to. Um, yeah, and George is wealthy. Like, the oh guy yeah, has, he's loaded. Yeah, he's loaded. And even he, he even said he's like the way he said it made it seem that he had pity on me or like right. he felt sorry for me. It was like me. Yeah, and that's how it it's gonna be. You you're yeah. gonna have, and part of me agrees with him in that there's no there's no um, order that's controlling the world. It's a rudderless ship. Uh, but then the other part of me thinks that. There may be a, a an order controlling the not necessarily controlling the world, but there's an order there simply just to get information that if things do go bad, they're the first ones to know about it. Yeah, and they can a, act accordingly. Right, and there's a couple different groups that are believed to do it. One is BlackRock. Yep, and the other one is the Bilderberg Group. Yep, uh, which has become even more popular because of Alex Jones right. and all of his exposure to that or his exposing those truths or. And then they've gotten rid of his communication. Right, yeah, and they shut him down. So that's why it's like it's always good to kind of just even, even if you think they're absolutely crazy and you hate them, you would never listen to them. It's like it's a worth to listen because you know if you have a wealth of knowledge, then you're just going to be more informed. So you can sometimes come up with a logical explanation for some things. So that's yeah. why I like to look, read and look at basically all different types of viewpoints because you just never know. Oh, absolutely. So it's good to, that's why I was saying earlier, just don't be ignorant to the fact that, you know, there's, even if you dislike a party or you dislike an individual for what they stand by or what, whatever type of things they put out, um, it's good to know just in, just in case like you can not only like argue aside, but just be able to discern between what might be, you know, real and what might not be possible. Right. when one of the things with this movie is that um, there's a lot of talk of predictive programming yeah with this because it's it seemingly came out, came out of nowhere um there's a lot of people involved who are interesting to say the least right um and then almost immediately after this movie's released on October 25th of last year 2023 the trailer for Civil War comes out yeah, with Kirsten Dunst and his and her husband, her actual husband Jesse Plums. Plums yeah, I think so. The who, guy with the orange glasses. Yeah, who actually plays like a villain. But um, oh, and see, part uh, I'm curious to see if those two movies are actually connected. That Civil War is a sequel, and that the the wait, reason sequel or oh yeah yeah sorry because I don't it's, know why I would think prequel. But well, yes, it's yeah. it's continuing on that right. story, and then because um, if I if I remember right, a lot of the journalists who are there. Are using pen and paper. They're yeah. not using tablets, tablets or and yeah phones. And so I'm curious if it's an actual 
And if it Dude, is, that, that would be. I mean, it could be. I think we need to review that when it comes out. Heck yeah! When, let me look and see when that comes out. I was looking this at month, predictive I partner. Yeah, dude, let's go to the movies. Predictive pro or sorry, not predictive programming movies. <laughs> Civil. Well, it'll come up. <coughs> Civil War, <laughs> but yeah, that one, that one, I'm pretty excited about because it has the guy who played Pablo Escobar and Narcos, and also oh, yeah. the guy who helped Matt Damon get up to Elysium. Um, oh, the, the, the doctor. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a doctor. He was like basically like a. Oh, I, I'm sorry. The the bigger guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Civil War movie. Um, but yeah, basically, predictive programming is essentially things in media, whether it be video games, movies, ta- um, books, things like that, that are either about the future or contemporary times. It could be about the past, but not necessarily. Yeah. And it, essentially, it states things that just seem plausible uh, right and then you know 10 15 years down the road it happens mm-hmm. not exactly mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like the symptoms they're they're huge with that oh yeah there's so Jeez, many episodes dude, insane yeah like there's an episode where i think homer is doing like a a plane um oh what a simulator and he accidentally flies into two buildings that look quite a bit like the uh the twin towers yeah and you know just things like that and it's just all over the place in the simpsons and that's essentially what predictive programming the theory is is that it's there's things that are being put in front of you uh in broad daylight so that when things go bad they can say well we did try and warn you you just didn't pick up on the hints right it's not our fault that's the mass's fault yeah but i'm excited i mean yeah We'll see. But yeah, we definitely need to go see that movie. That yeah. I mean, it, it very well could be a sequel to it. Um, I didn't even think of that. I don't know why. Um, we just went to the movies for the first time in like months. Uh, whenever we were on break, so it was pretty awesome. I'm just looking up to see like... What, April what 26th. That's April, when it comes dang, out. April, okay. I thought it came out this month. Dang. I know. I thought it was a little bit sooner. But yeah, that one's going to be going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think too is like some people like when you think of movies like this is like oh it's not gonna happen that's why it's like it could I mean oh, yeah. think about like think about any good zombie movie you saw especially like twenty eight days later when a virus just got out and people started acting differently I mean you saw that with Ebola like not people were acting differently but however it started killing people off pretty quickly and then obviously Corona right uh, I mean it spread across the world and killed well, I think hundreds that- of thousands of, I would say millions and they're just like. Refusing, to, yeah. China was not giving out the information. You cannot convince yeah. me otherwise. That's kind of why we wanted to start the whole thing. Besides yeah, your true. grandpappy thing, yeah. we were talking so many times at Brahms about the coronavirus. But anyways, what I think like, those movies, I think we said it before in other podcasts, were like they're not. People know something enough to where they're getting out information like that in a movie setting, so that it's more digestible for people to understand. Right. So they're like. Wow, that's creepy. Okay, blah blah blah, and then when it happens, you're like, "Oh, I saw this." It's like, it's kind of the whole point is that you just exactly. stay aware. You're used to it. it. You're, it's almost like you're desensitized to the yeah. the nature because if you you're are numb used to, to it, it, where you're just gonna sit through it and be like, "What do I do?" You're gonna be the family. Yeah, you're gonna be that family who just says, "Oh, well, maybe it's just hackers. They'll, they'll right. give it up." Yeah. Um, and I think COVID. You're right. I think COVID woke up a lot of people. Not necessarily to predict programming, but just to the lengths that governments will go. Yeah. To totally, I mean, Australia, you couldn't even leave your house without getting arrested. Mm-hmm. And that's nuts. Yeah, that, Australia, yeah. If you want to look up some videos on that, was the camps that they built. I mean, you think about the Maui fires, how they quickly shut everything off and wouldn't let people in there. It's like the yeah. capabilities of the government are way too much. And just think that same capability is not going away when communication gets damaged it's even going to be even more policing and even more you're gonna have warlords yeah i mean if you think about it i guarantee you there's a um there's a procedural step process within our military i don't have any proof of this i'm just talking off the top of my head however if things are so bad that communication with dc is lost each individual base will act as its own city state That'd so a general who is in who's in charge of that base would then be effectively in charge of about you know a you know three hundred mile degree radius of that base yeah and that's their domain 
Yeah. And or at least the base itself. Or yeah. The, yeah, or the base itself. Yeah. And that's if anybody crosses that line, they have total power to deal with however they see fit. So effectively, however many bases there are in the United States, that's however many warlords we have. Yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. There's definitely contingency plans on top of contingency plans oh, yeah. when I'm, things start happening. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean this is what dads do. We just ramble. We start talking. And to think we do this with sober minds. I know. We, we don't even drink. <laughs> I had water. Yeah. I, that was just a joke, but it still is true. It's like, it's about, I've seen when people are like, uh, who've had too much like out, like out and about in restaurants and stuff and you start getting on the same subject. You're like, yes, yes. And we're just like, nah, dude, we're just weird. We just think about things. Yeah. Um, you want to uh, tell the audience who produces it? Yeah, so yeah, so we're kind of wrapping it up, but yeah, yeah, so the some of the executive producers are Michelle and Barack Obama, um, which will, will turn people off from seeing it. That's why I was it saying is like I know personal, you know, individuals in my life who would just be like, nope, not seeing it because I you know disagree with them a hundred percent. So I'm not going to support anything they do. Which and I get that. That's your point. That's where you want to stand. That's fine. It's like me and myself. Like I watch it just to just know different well, things. And that's the thing. I think the. Ne- I think if it it would be one thing if it was like a, a movie on hip hop history. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, I might watch some, but but yeah, no. Um, you maybe not me. Yeah, watch, <laughs> but yeah. But uh, if it if it's a movie about this topic in particular, and apparently that was the topic that it was geared. Was towards. it released in theaters or was it just in? I think there Netflix? was it was a limited release in theaters. Okay, okay. But I was wondering that it was mostly Netflix. But yeah. Um, but specifically because this movie is made as like a um, end-of-the-world apocalypse-style uh, movie. That's what drew me in. And then I found out who was producing. And then I was drawn, drawn in even more. Um, there was See a, what they know. See their point. Well, and there was a quote that the I director did. I think type of like post-apocalyptic place I, or movies I love watching. That's why I like – yeah. there's a really good series on HBO. I recommend it to everybody. It's slow and kind of boring, but – still really interesting it's called station 13 or station 11 um that sounds familiar i think let me look it up real quick but it's post-apocalyptic and it is really good and it's it's a it's a a sickness outbreak but they don't turn into zombies Hmm. well here's a quote from the director um it says in the original draft of the script i definitely pushed for uh, things a lot further or farther excuse me than they were in the film and President Obama, having the experience he does, uh, was able to ground me a little bit on how things might unfold in reality, Ismail told Vanity Fair in an interview published Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I am writing, well, this is what's the weird part. I am writing what I think is fiction for the most part. I'm trying to keep it as true to life as possible, but I'm exaggerating, dramatizing. And to hear an ex-president say, you're off a few details, and I thought I was off by a lot. That it was that fact is what scared the f out of me. Yeah, and I think if I'm actually trying to like go through the catalog of apocalypse style movies that I've seen, this is the first or at least one of the first movies that a ex president, that high level official, yeah, is someone who is directly influencing the movie, mm-hmm. and the fact that the movie was only off by a few details, which could be named that should be enough to tell you that it's not out of the realm right and he we're not saying when or if we're saying it can well i mean i guess we are kind of saying if but it's just not yeah yeah not when um and even the director's is uh, yeah Yeah. uh even the director is freaked out that a uh, that a president is saying you're not totally bonkers (laughs) this is we have plans for these things. And if there was a, a website I looked up while we were talking, uh, it is a checkpoint threat map. Now this is just the, you know, one I pulled up, but it essentially shows every cyber attack that's going on actively right now and where it's coming from and who's it going to. Um, and we just, so everybody knows like countries attack each other. Oh, every all second. the time. It, it's a national thing. Like we yeah. pay, we pay and employ, and even sectors of our military are strictly for Cyber defending warfare. and attacking other countries via Zoom. No, yep. no literally. But um, or via however, whatever caveat it might be on their system to uh, jump in and start taking down networks. 
That uh, that was something I thought was kind of interesting about the the Tesla bit. Oh yeah, that was a cool part. Yeah, so one one parts in the movie is that the hackers or whatever were able to take self driving Teslas and control them to where they would block freeways and entryways and exits into major roads and interstates and just in this case it was a local road system. Yep. Uh, before it got to the city, so. And then the city went. Well, I guess we can't really yeah. say. Yeah, you guys need to watch the movie. It's pretty interesting. Um, it is. But which is which is crazy is like that is a proven fact that you can actually take over uh, a car system. Yep. So that while is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, while it's moving. Yep, it's pretty nuts. And actually, Tesla had a huge recall on all their self-driving, full self-driving. Uh, Before vehicles. or after this movie? Uh, I mean, it was within the last month. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's a real thing. So... Um, yeah, I've seen videos of like car thieves who are like so sophisticated that have like these really insane uh, contraptions, like almost look like just straight up tablets, but they're you know pretty powerful computer with chips on them that they're able to. I've seen them go into like high end neighborhoods and open up full gates, guard shacks, and open up garages and steal quarter million dollar cars, and no one even knows. And they can create a key and leave right there. Gone in sixty seconds is the thing, guys. Yeah, it is a real thing. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Um, I mean, if you don't like to be freaked out and just, you know, you just want to keep living your happy life, don't watch it then, I guess, you know, but whenever things do turn, um, and you got a lot of questions then you might have some ideas by watching something like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I imagine the rest of this year for us is going to look more or less like this topic where we're going to be talking because it's an election year. Uh, oh gosh. the climate's already crazy, this not the literal nuts. climate, but like the political climate, um, national climate, um, how everything's going. Um, I imagine we will speak on several different political subjects. Um, I'm not very well versed in politics at all cause I don't care to argue with people, but I do like to just hear them out and just yeah. learn a little bit. So, uh, it could be extremely boring. We probably butchered the movie, but, um, it's good We're to two dads. It's good to be back and see, not see you guys, but have you guys hear our voices. Yes. Um, yeah, big plans for 2024 is to, uh, I think we did 26 episodes last year, so we're pushing for 27. Um, Let's do it. We have 55 weeks left, uh, <laughs> right? There's 56 weeks in a year? I think so. Um, but anyways, so it's a leap year. Is there Olympics this year? No, 2026. Is it? 2020 was moved to 2020. No, yeah, there's summer Olympics this year. I think of it's Paris. There is. Of Paris. Course. Yeah. Gosh, Paris. this year is gonna be. Nuts. This gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a big year. I like big sport years because I think in 22 we had the World Cup, so it'll be back in 26, which will, part of it will be here in North America. Oh really? Yeah, it'll be in Dallas at uh, AT&T. Of course. Yeah. Um, anyway, get way off subject. But anyways, hope you guys <laughs> have enjoyed this episode. Check us out on social media. We're yeah. on X and Instagram. Two dads at night podcast gmail two dads at night at gmail.com send us your thoughts rate and view the podcast if you like it uh give us five stars tell us you love us if you hate it give us five stars and tell us you love us uh, <laughs> shout out to jake's mom angela constant supporter good job um and to our wives for letting us do this taking up our room um but it's fun we like doing this this is i mean it's free we get to just hang out I love this. Yeah. It's always something neat to do. I wish we could do it more, but our lives are just too busy sometimes. But hopefully, you never know. Maybe we'll get a little bit slower. Exactly. Um, this was actually one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, because we could, I mean, we've talked about stuff like this uh, in depth. So I was like, we could definitely bore people and like a bunch of people probably disagree with us, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, we have, everybody has their own opinions and you're entitled to them. Bet you won't email. Yeah, but I bet you won't email jerk. Um, Again, our email is. <laughs> yeah, two dads and at gmail.com. Hopefully we'll get another episode out next week. Um, try to get back on a schedule somewhat, maybe a couple times a month. We'll yeah. shoot for it. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Check out, uh, what's what? the movie called again? Uh, Leave, Leave the World, World Behind. Behind. Yeah, check out Leave the World Behind. It's got good acting in it. It's pretty neat. It's only like two hours, 20 minutes long. And then expect the same podcast for Civil War. Cause I'm, yeah, because it's, it's coming. It's uh, coming. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one too. Yeah. But yeah. It's been good to see you, Jake. I'm sure I'll see you in two days because we'll be at church. That's right. For me, I'm Caleb. I'm Jake. See you later. Bye.